Settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million, am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. This isn't a fucking game, man. Oh, but it is a game. You said so yourself. She kidnapped herself. I said I thought... Dude here. Who is this? Dude, the bag man. Man, where do you want us to go? Us? Yeah, you know, uh, me and the driver. I I'm not uh, handling the money, driving the car, and talking on the phone all by Shut my fu the fuck up! Dude, are you fucking this up? Who is that? That is the driver. I told you. Shit! What the fuck's going on there? Walter! What the fuck is going on? He hung on? up, man! You fucked it up! You fucked it up! Her life was in our hands, man! Easy, dude. We're screwed now. We don't get shit. They're gonna uh, kill. This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know. She said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the commentary. He's found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, Gutterball. Hello. 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 Here we are. Here we are. So I have a revisit from last week. I'm just jumping right in. Man. Go. I mean, don't let me so, hold you up. So last week, you talked about... Is this about the, headlights? It's about headlights. Okay. I thought it might be about headlights. All right. So you maybe you've come to the same realization I have? I've or? come to nothing. I've come to nothing. Well, those lights I don't think are headlights. What are they supposed to be? I don't know, but if as this as this minute goes on, you can see there's all there's like some of them are green. Sometimes there's just one red light by itself. Right. Like it goes by, it comes close. Right, and they're all piled up on top of each other. Some of other. them are all piled up. Yeah, there's like a yellow, blue, and green, and a red. They're just like what is it then? Like, yeah, it is pretty weird. What is it? I mean, is it a UFO back there chasing them? They're just, uh, I think, just various amalgams of, like, you know, lights, like, maybe on the side of the road. That they travel neither further away from nor closer to. or But back and forth, perhaps. But a net gain of zero. Well, like, Walter, they get closer, then they get farther away. We've talked about Walter jamming the uh, wheel right and left. The, well, the lights are swerving right and left, too. Right, he's probably slamming on the brake and then re-accelerating. I mean, they could be things like, uh, yeah, I don't know, traffic it, lights. Um, it's those little like, UFOs out of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Remember the one where the cop could, chased them off yeah. the side of the cliff? Yeah. Well, there could be trains, like a train track alongside the road. All right, here's a plausible one. What if it's like there's a tractor trailer there, like a 18-wheeler or something? That's like the side of the tractor trailer, but it's traveling in the same direction as them, but in a lane over. Yeah, sure. That would be something that maybe could, maybe I could believe. But I still don't like it. 
I think they just put like random lights back there and kind of moved them around just so there was something going on in the background to like what? simulate movement. That's well, yeah, that's what they did. And I guess ultimately your complaint and perhaps mine as well is that there was no care put into these actually simulating anything that would happen in the real world. Now the headlights though, the headlights are okay. I don't mind the headlights. Which you can see, you know, screen right. left. Those are fine. But yeah, just random like collections of lights that yeah, it's bugs me. Bugs me. I'm not that did not satiate me. I don't know if this is a revisit, but I got a package today, finally. And oh, yes? It was my book. It came today. It came today, even though Like I, a week late. I went on there, finally, to track it, and it was like, Delivered, checkmark, June 25th. Well, I shouldn't date this. Delivered a week ago. And yet... So it was just pretty much sitting on your kitchen counter the whole time. No, no, they or dropped on your porch. No, they dropped it off today. It fell between the seats. It really did come today. It really did come today. Yet it said delivered back when it was delivered. Correct. So how did that happen? It, At the end of the day, it was like, shit. It says this thing wasn't wasn't delivered, but it's not in the truck, so right. it must have delivered it. Click. Right. Exactly. Fell between the seats. It's the classic like. You know, Christmas vacation scenario where he's Clark Griswold's waiting for his bonus. You know, it's right. not coming. It's not coming. It's not coming. It's Christmas Eve. He's freaking out all over the place, losing his shit. And then finally, there's the knock on the door, and it's the guy with his Christmas bonus, which isn't a Christmas bonus. Spoiler alert it's a one year subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club, yes. which is the gift that keeps on giving the whole year around. But anyway, the the guy, delivery guy's excuse was fell between the seats. I didn't see it. That's what happened. He just came I mean, up here, put it in the door, and ran away. Peeled out. Bullshit. So he came up. So so he he put it between the door and peeled out, or did he? Well, stop to talk to you and say let's between the seats. Or did you call to give them a piece of your mind? I didn't see him do that. I just came home, I had a, I left an away, or a home team, I guess I was the away team, and I left a home team in place, you know, to stay behind, and, uh, yeah, they heard the, the knock and went, and then there was the package between the doors, so it wasn't like it was outside, we didn't see it, it was between the doors. Right. But yeah, just checked it off there, oh, it's all good, but I didn't even think to check for a week, I just thought, like... I mean, you can hear me opening this thing. Oh, that's beautiful. Woo! You gotta be loving this thing. It's pretty spectacular. Wow. Alright, well, you go ahead. I'm gonna be over here reading this. Sure. Roger I kinda Deacons. I kind of blew my whole... Uh, with the color. ...thing with talking about the lights. I flip open to a random page... Happens to be page 60, and there's a picture. Ethan and Joel lining up shot with cinematographer Roger Deakins. Yep. Who we tweeted at on our Twitter account. Yep, but he shamelessly. Had, shamelessly. But he has, has yet to respond. He's probably just really thinking, thinking it over. 
He's trying to remember. He's trying that to show. remember. He doesn't want to get it wrong, which I respect that. He's looking for. He's probably talking to Joel and Ethan, trying to co- get some corroboration with yeah. his memory. He doesn't want to go off all half cocked with some crazy no. story. That was about that jib shot craning up from the dude laying on his rug that had, well, not on the rug, on the floor where his rug was. Jib shot. Jib shot. So I really like this minute. Do you? So this is the minute. I just feel like the need to just say out loud what this minute is. Yeah, right? probably. It's a good idea. I mean, this, so this continues from our last episode. You know, it's the dude and Walter in the car. It's one of these situations where you're looking at the same stuff, basically. Yes. So we're looking at the same, basically the same stuff we did as like the second half of last episode. Yeah. Dude and Walter in the car, driving, you know, where they're supposed to drive, getting the phone call, comes through on the cell phone. But of course, complications arise because he's supposed to be alone. And there's Walter. The dude is the one that actually screws it up at first by saying, where do you want us to go? Right. Us? You know, me and the driver. I'm not handling the money, talking on the phone, and driving the car all at the same time. Which we should make a note of this. He screws that kind of thing up not once, but twice. Although he recovers the second time he makes that little bumble. But getting ahead of ourselves there. Yes. You know, and then Walter starts shouting, <laughs> as he likes to do. Again, the kidnappers get nervous, hang up. The dude gets increasingly agitated. It, so why I say I like this minute, well, I mean, it's not just this minute, but this is laying the foundation. Again, this dynamic between the dude and Walter that I love, of the dude getting more and more agitated, and Walter yet somehow is calm. <laughs> Even though Walter bellows, you know, I don't know, Walter still has a a calmness, but it's almost like kind of a, uh, I don't know, it's from, it's like an ignorance ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Like, he doesn't see any problems here happening. And this just continues to build for the next, probably, I I know, I didn't look ahead to see exactly the the marker of the time, but, you know, the, the next three or four minutes throughout this entire um, you know, ransom delivery gone bad. And that's only this scene. Like, this frustration you're talking about builds throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It keeps getting worse. Yes. And so I'm just going to have to just say it now. <laughs> okay. The one-two punch I talked about. Yes. The second punch is, is this scene... Really, or this whole not it's not it's more than just a scene, but this whole event here of trying to deliver the money, you know, it really culminates, you know, it's this this increasing here, right? I was I'm I'm getting into it. This is like okay, I'm starting to see this is like maybe like, you know, if we're compared to the Jesus moment, right? Okay, we're seeing like his shoe. And it's like, what's this? Like it's building here. It ultimately culminates with the whole botched thing, Walter saying he's gonna jump out and beat it out of him, and then he you know, flies out of the car, his Uzi's firing everywhere. They go peeling out. Yeah, but I figure I gotta just mention it now Since as we're, we're in it. Okay. Well, as we're in it, and so as we can maybe reference that going forward. I just couldn't keep it bottled in it anymore. I, uh, that was the second punch, because this part just really sold me on this movie. I mean, I've loved this, I love the movie up to this point, 
But this was, again, where it just, like, blew my mind, where I was just so entertained, probably laughing so hard that I couldn't catch my breath. It, and it was just exquisitely awesome. I can't... Okay, first of all, I'm really proud of you here for withholding the punch for, what, nine episodes? <laughs> Something like that. I mean... Yeah. That's uh, that's over two months that you've withheld the punch. I'm just impressed with that. So I want to just right off the bat, just right up front, congratulate you on that level of willpower. Well, thank you. Very Adam. good. Very good, Brad. I'm duly impressed, Brad. But number two, this is the second gut punch. There's so many in-your-face moments and this is so there, this, maybe there's a third gut punch, but this is I mean, I see what you're getting at here. I see what you're getting at because all of a sudden, like it's in the full on ridiculous Cohen Brothers caper mode now. Yes. And we see that starting to happen. And that is beautiful. Maybe I'm taking this minute for granted. If I had to like pick a moment, I'm not saying it's this minute. Well, right? I understand there's no climax. If I had to pick the here. actual moment, it's the brief in the air. No, I think the actual moment of climax is car hitting pole. When no, when Walter says, "Oh, that's the easy part." <laughs> I just beat it out of one. I just grab one of them and beat it out of it. That's 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 the is. moment. That's like the beginning of the climax. I mean, the climax again. There's multiple, you know, elements. That 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 is like the 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 beginning. That that's that's the moment, right? When you I realize mean, this can't possibly end well. Yeah, it goes from that until the Uzi spinning in a circle on the ground. Between there and there, that's the climax moment. That That's the moment where, you know, my brain is short-circuited. Well, you can't... The climax ends with the car hitting the pole, though. Yeah, well, that happens right after the, yeah, the Uzi. Uzi. The Uzi fires, the Uzi shoots up the back of the car, knocks out one of the tires, and then it... <laughs> Smashes, yeah. So that's right. the, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the end. And then there's right a little there. denouement, right? If you will, at the end with them peeling out, and he comes running after. But that's like, yeah, the little tail end, the little calm yeah. tail end. It's almost like a little self-contained movie. This scene, which is a hallmark, yeah, of an excellent scene. A really great scene is like a little, uh, a little encapsulated version of the movie itself or any movie it's just its own movie you could play it and get an idea of what's going on and then of course it serves to like tie the other scenes around it together and whatever but this scene in particular is like its own little movie it's really great so i'm coming around i think i'm coming around Surprising though, didn't expect it. I what did you? What did you expect? Ah, man, I couldn't figure it out. I thought maybe it was. I had a couple of days where I was like, "I got it. I know what it is. It's Maud flying naked over him and splattering paint everywhere." Like, <laughs> like maybe that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that it? Is it, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just couldn't couldn't imagine what it would be. I mean, that part isn't a gut punch. That's like maybe a gut tickle. Yeah, it's a yeah, a weird gut tickle. Like I mean, I think com- maybe it's like a gut after... tickle from your creepy Uncle Larry or something. Yeah, kind of. I think maybe after the one-two punch of this, the first gut punch and the second gut punch. After that, like you're already in gut punch mode. It's been softened. You, you kind of can't. You there's no way to at that point. It's like how could you punch the gut again? You can't right? be punched. You must. There must be contrast, give and take. Like it, well, and flow. I just mean you've become kind of numb to it at this point. Like that's well, why that's you not do the a right little, word. You're expecting it. You're already reeling. You do a right? little tickle. And then you're not expecting it. And then you yeah. punch. And then you tickle. True. True. Like, if this scene was you not in the movie, cry. I might think the mod scene could have been a second gut punch. Okay. And then there's another... I mean, mod is definitely excellent in that simply because, okay, we've had this cast of characters. And then mod... It's just important variety, right? Very. Here we have, again, this kind of larger-than-life... Cohen Brothers esque character. Yes, though caper is a good word, right? That appear in these like caper films that they do. I guess Fargo is a caper movie too. Yeah, Fargo. Fargo was like a halfway in between. Yeah. And I can't think of what was the movie like they did before Fargo? Bart and Fink. Was that it? I guess so. Because I feel like the Coen brothers can have, like, their, like, kind of silly movies, like Raising Arizona, and then a more serious movie. Um, yeah, it was And I remember when Fargo came out, seeing the trailers being like, oh, this is going to be, like, Raising Arizona. Like, right, right. it looks like, oh, it's, I'm going to enjoy it like that. But then in reality... Uh, oh, you know, it was Hudsucker Proxy, actually, yeah, was Hudsucker between Proxy, them. Yeah, I see hmm. that, yeah. So I guess it was more like I was thinking, yeah, like, I'm thinking that point in time. Fargo was definitely nothing like the Hudsucker proxy. No. Blood Simple, I guess. Blood Simple, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a cross between Raising Arizona and Blood Simple with just... A smattering Taking the craft to a whole new level. Miller's Crossing in there, but... Yeah. But yeah, definitely taking it to... I know you haven't seen it. We won't talk about it. I mean, that's been a while now that you admitted that. It's like you've had time to fix that. It's yeah, not hiding from you. It's around. You could go watch it. Why do you hate Miller's Crossing so much? Oh, at this point, it's like, why bother? I don't know if it's it's a, you know, 1492 Conquest of Paradise situation, Brad. I think. At this I just, point, I think it's just important not to know it. You think it's going to despoil your current view of their no, work? No, I think it's just, um, you know, it's important not to seem like I'm a complete fanboy and have a somewhat dispassionate, you at know least a claim for some dispassionate view. That's, oh, yeah, that's I didn't bullshit. even see that one. That's bullshit. Well, you're right. It's complete bullshit. I'm totally bullshitting right now as hard <laughs> as I possibly can. I'll admit that. There, I had a coworker who was in her... 30s mid 30s maybe early no early 30s and i'd never seen any of the star wars movies that was sort of the same excuse like not any of the original ones none of the prequels none of it 
And that was, yeah. So like, well, I haven't seen them now. So like, that's a little badge that I wear. I haven't seen any of them. Right. But like, you're missing out on an entire universe of cultural references, pop cultural references. And there's a, there's almost a shared language, sort of like Lebowski's. And you're like removing yourself from that intentionally. I not guess so. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, huh? Apparently, here we are at this Isn't moment. Is there a lot of pop culture you'd like to remove yourself from? Yes, but, well, half of Star Wars I don't want to remove myself from. It just, it affords a level of interaction with people that wouldn't otherwise be there. It's not about the pop culture itself, you know? about communicating with people. Is that not important to you? Are, but it's are about you... a language of communication that, you know, a mode of communication that's ultimately limiting, that ultimately narrows our worldview and makes it harder for us to imagine a world outside our oppressors. It's only one facet. I, I feel the more facets, the richer communicative universe you might live in. Well, touche. So what's RJ11? That's a type of cable, like a like a I thought so. Yeah, it plugs into the back of the phone. Oh, okay. So yes, there is an RJ11. You can actually see it there. So I had one of these phones in my car. I used to drive back and forth to go to college. Every day, back and forth, I lived like 40 minutes, half an hour away. Mm -hmm. Half hour, 40 minutes, something like that. And it's cold, it's up north, Pennsylvania. It's cold, so cold in the winter time. And I'm on this desolate stretch of highway, sometimes driving back at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And I broke down, just out, out on the top of the world, basically. It's like 18 degrees out. I have no money. I got nothing. And I just had to like walk and like hitchhike my way, I don't know, 15 miles or something and find a town and like try to find a tow truck that would go and get my car. It was miserable. It's a terrible experience. And the engine was just blown up. So on top of that, it wasn't like a flat tire, a piston shot through the side of the thing, whatever. Bam, blew up. I got the car fixed. Two weeks later, I'm out there. It's still like 18 degrees out. Bam, the engine blows up in the middle of the night. And rinse, repeat. So then I finally got a car that was not, you know, 18 years old. I got a little better of a car. My mommy helped me buy it. That was nice of her because she didn't want her little college student out in the middle of the night when it's 18 degrees out. Right. It's like... Dying from exposure. Right, dying from exposure. So she got me a newer car, and it was... That was awesome. And it didn't do that anymore, which was nice. But to make doubly sure that her little baby wouldn't be out there dying of exposure, she got a phone that went in the car. That was a long story to get to this point, and I do apologize for that. But this phone was very similar to the phone we see here. 
the big box, and then you plugged yes. it into the cigarette lighter, had a little antenna, and then the, the, whatever, the, um, cradle piece, not the cradle piece, the, uh, handset, I suppose. It all looked exactly like this, except there was no RJ-11. Like, it was just all molded together, like the cord just molded mm. directly into the phone. Mm. It's weird that this... I don't know anything about so, phones from this era, but why would that phone have, like, a replaceable handset feature? Well, okay, well, I have a, a theory on that. Let's hear it. Actually, I'm going to say that... So my father had a cell phone. What year Very is Very much like the dude's, probably roughly this time period. Maybe probably a little bit before it. This is back when, like, you know, so this would be, like, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. This is back when, like, no one really had a cell phone. I was going to say, why did he have a cell phone? He had one because for his job. So he was in sales, and he would drive around different clients, and he would have to do a lot of coordination and, you know, be huh. in communication with the different things, the suppliers and the different clients and blah. So he needed to say it was a professional thing. You know, he more or less needed this. I think like the company like reimbursed him for it. That something. had to seem like a game changer. I'm sure it had to be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And so I'll tell you about this because it's interesting, you know, to go back in time with these things. So one, I'm almost positive because, you know, I would definitely screw around with it from time to time. And I'm pretty sure that it did have like cable like that, like the handset would come off. Hmm. And I would say, again, probably, again, because these things are so effing expensive, like, it's like, oh, the handset is broken. Like, you don't want to buy a new phone. It's not hmm. like now we can just go get a phone for free, you know? Right. Like, this whole thing costs, like, $2,000. Right. I don't, I have no idea how much it costs. Who knows? It, you know, but a huge sum of money, no doubt. And um, so that would make sense. And this phone it did two things. So it was installed in the car. Like there was there's a setup in the car, so there was like a like little speaker thing up in like the upper right by the roof. Oh like wow! Above the thing there, you know, so he could talk. That's hardcore, man. And um, that's serious business. There, there was an antenna on the roof for it. It's again reception back then. Oh, like it's so like seriously built antenna on the roof and yeah. everything. Like not like a huge like CB antenna, like a little antenna. Yeah, right? yeah. Like a little plastic little, little thing, maybe like guy. five inches, mm -hmm. six St inches long. Stubster, we called it. Yeah, exactly. But it was in the roof. And then so what you could do is so he had so it could work like the dude where it was like a kind of like a strap you could put around your your shoulder and carry it because in essence it was like you know the size of a, a laptop or something, right. right? With a phone. So you could do it that way. Or, But then when he got in the car, it like unhinged. In essence, like I guess there was just like a huge battery or something. Like you could, but in essence, it broke in half. Hmm. Like, like along the plane of this. So you'd have like two, instead of like one thick rectangular piece, you'd have two skinny rectangular right. pieces. Right. And the skinny rectangular piece that had, like, the phone would plug into it was more like where the electronics were. I think the other half was an antenna. Like, the antenna was plugged into the other half. It was like a, my, I, my guess is just mostly just a huge, heavy battery with the antenna. Right. It's got to be a giant battery. And so you would take that off, and then that would snap into the unit in the car. Uh, which was, like, built into, like, the little in-between panel between the driver's seat and the passenger yes. seat. 
Exactly. So you could snap it onto there, and now you had a car phone. And it would then use the antenna and the power from the car and, you know, everything else. You had a phone car. It was more of a phone car than a car phone, really. Yeah. It's like you're just using your car to drive your phone around at that point. Pretty much. Like, look how fucking awesome I am. Yeah. So if you then wanted to use this cell phone, like, outside of the car, you could, you know, again, like, snap it out, add it to this pack. Yeah, and it had, like, the, you know, the, like, strap was attached those you know it was like convenient oh just just unhook it and snap it here and, and then you have a little phone phone you'd backpack. be like a phone man yeah you got your exactly. spider-man your superman iron man click phone man yeah need to make so, a call there's there yeah so there it was so so yes this so this could have, happen I believe it did have that cable because I remember, like, you know, again, just, just not using it to make calls, but just like kind of playing with it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm like unhinge it, snap it, snap it in. Snap well, you know what? Out. That kind of oh, makes sense. snap the, the uh, you know, because I think later, maybe when he first had it, right, it's like, oh, don't touch that, son. That's, you right, know, right. But I think what happened later and eventually, you know, more traditional cell phones, you know, the one that you could hold up to your ear and it was just one unit, even though it was 12 inches thick. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, eventually graduated to one of those. And so this just, like, sat at the house, like, in essence, an unused piece of junk. Right, all like, dusty maybe, like, down in the yeah, basement. Yeah, fiddled with it, yeah. And it I remember, like, don't I touch think, that, son. That's embarrassing. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, you could unplug, you know, just, like, with the little cable, like, click, click, like, you know. Yeah, oh, I'll take the... Let me put the yellow one that's in the off. kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And leave the line dangling there when someone goes to answer the phone. Ha-ha. But it wasn't it wasn't just like your standard phone cable because again it had all that electronics in there you know to dial in the LED it was more it was something like it had the similar type of jack like with an RJ11 or an RJ45 could you plug like could you like a, go into the kitchen and take your yellow rotary no. phone and plug it into that no i think i tried that no well it had to fit though I'm thinking it may not have. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking it was actually bigger. Like it was more like well, maybe it was an. Well, you plug into a computer like Ethernet. It was more like that size, or maybe it was just some whole. That'd be an RJ45 then. Yeah, RJ45. So yeah. bigger. Or gauge. maybe there was some other RJ. You know, RJ36, some RJ that's long forgotten yeah. in this era. But I think because it was hardcore. It was, it was again. It wasn't just like oh yeah, your voice was going through there. You know, it was like. You were dialing the number, there was power, you had that little, like, you know, LED screen on there. Yeah, it's hard to tell, I'm looking at it, if you go to 3318, you can, when the dude holds the handset up to his face, that's where I noticed that it had this, but I don't think, so it's about the size of his pinky nail. It looks to me like it's an RJ11, but I don't think I could it be sure. The thing, oh no, I see it now at like thirty three, thirty three. Get a really good view of it. Like the little head, like some passing car illuminates it. And I'm oh, gonna say yeah, that's right huge. Okay, to, me, to my eyes, that looks huge. It looks huge, but look at the size of his pinky nail and compare his pinky nail to it's the verticality. Not the size of it. I mean, it comes. And then look at your own pinky nail. It's his that's entire small. first, like. Is that what it is? Is that like? We're looking at it at a little to, bit of an angle too, though. Don't yeah. forget. I mean, I'm gonna. That's no R. That's no RJ11. That's a big honking thing. <sighs> I don't know. 
It could be the angle, man. It's pointing down. Could be. Could be. Because look at his pinky nail. Seriously. You even put your mouse cursor up to his pinky nail. Put it there. Use that as a little measurement. All right. Stick. So I have a big pinky, pinky nail, granted. I got a pretty I'm big looking, I have an RJ45 yeah. right now because when I record this, I connect via RJ45. Thank goodness because I was looking around. And my pinky nail is definitely as long as the RJ45. But granted, I have a huge pinky nail, probably bigger than Jeff Bridges. But this looks to. bigger than his pinky nail to me. But again, it's pointing down. It's a little exaggerated because of that angle. Yeah. I don't think we're able to determine. To me, it looks I'll, small. I'll say it's, uh, yeah. yeah but I, I, I could go with you. Indeterminate. If you were really adamant. If, I, if I it could... was just me, I would say it's definitely bigger. But the fact that we can't come to an agreement, it's not, you know, it's just not valid without, you know, at least two people to corroborate something. So, Well, maybe somebody I, I'm willing to out. chalk it up to say it's indeterminate. The size of the jack on the dude's cell phone handset. The other thing about this phone is that it had a dial tone. Well, yeah. The other party hangs up and there's a dial tone. Yeah. Well, so first of all, he doesn't hang up. Right. Well, if he hangs up, you wouldn't hear anything. The kidnapper hangs up. Kidnapper hangs up, and there's this dial tone, like right. to signify. And at first, I was like, "Well, cell phones don't have dial tones." They put that in there. It's like movie shorthand to like let you know the audience understand what happened. Now, I, I, uh, okay. Right, first, on, first on. of all, first of all, that makes sense. I want to just backtrack a little bit about. Yes, in 1990, 91, late 80s, whenever you and the dude and the titular Lebowski have these cell phones, um, they would have been more granular, so you can only replace the handset if necessary, the wire, or whatever. So it's broken down into components, replace components. When I had mine, it was molded, but that makes sense, because that was like 1995, so that's like four, five, six years later. So that makes sense. It's probably a cheapy, like, just got the cheapest one. It was only for, if you break down, you can make a call. So that makes sense. I like that. I'm endorsing that officially. This is not okay. some mistake. This is actually good research into a cell phone from 1991. I'm with you. Okay. But That's the dial tone? I just wanted to go with that. But okay. The dial tone, I seem to remember, but maybe it's just so hardwired into, like, growing up and hearing the dial tone. I seem to think that my car phone, cell phone, had a dial tone. I was going to say that could very well be. So that was my first, I was gonna, you know, so the, my first inclination was, well, that's not right. I did a little bit of research, very much unlike me. Okay, right. I did a little bit of research. Thought Only I was going to have bit. to make something up. And I could not find anything with only doing a little bit of research. I'll probably have to do even some more research to maybe see if there's anything more. I couldn't find anything online referencing cell phones back in the day having a dial tone. I did find like in, like uh, a some quotes from like the inventor of cell phone and how that team consciously decided not to have a dial tone. Like you just do the number and hit send. And it was a departure, and it was kind of radical, like, oh, no dial tone. So it made me think, well, maybe there weren't dial tones. However, they do make phones, even today, I don't know today, but relatively recently, they do make phones like the Samsung Jitterbug, 
which does produce a dial tone. It simulates a dial tone, I guess, because people that are not used to cell phones, this might be, you know, your first cell phone. Maybe you had a rotary dial phone your whole life. So you turn it on and there's just something in there that creates the sound. There's no connection. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. here's a sound yeah. for you to make you yeah, feel Yeah, it's not coming from the line of the cell tower. It's just like <laughs> it, the phone itself <laughs> produces that. It's just a part of the user interface. Like it communicates to you, you can dial the phone uh, now. Yes, there's good enough signal. Your phone is on. We're, we're ready to go. Dial the number. It makes that sound. Oh, I my mean, goodness. There's some logic to that I, in a way, I, right? What, like it's a way to communicate that fact versus like looking at the cell phone and making sure it says like AT&T and that there's like four bars next to it or something. I understand. But isn't that kind of like doing the, um, that sort of user interface style that Apple just got rid of? Skewmorphism. Yeah, isn't that sort of like skewmorphism? It's sort of like skewmorphism. However, the jitterbug is the billed as the, quote, easy-to-use cell phone for seniors, end quote. So, it so again, they're, again, trying to bridge that gap. And, again, I think that's what the iPhone was trying to do with its skeuomorphic design, right? It tries to bridge this gap. And the theory is we don't need to bridge that gap anymore. We've crossed it. I kind of agree in most cases, but disagree a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other topic. pretty much where I am. But it seems like... If you're if, using a cell phone, like you have minimum competency with electronics. That, well, maybe not, right? Again, this could be, you know, like your situation of like freezing in the cold, right? Well, now, you know, great grandpa is in the same situation. He's breaking down in the middle of the night. I want to get him a cell phone. He's never had one before. Well, we don't want great grandpa to freeze out exactly. on the highway. So here's this, you know easy, quote-unquote, easy-to-use phone, you know, has a dial tone, nice big numbers, no, like, you know... I mean, I can understand these big buttons numbers. with functions and everything. It's just you, you open it up, there's a dial tone, you dial the number, it connects you, it connects you through. I can understand the numbers. It's very practical. Your eyesight goes, you know, your dexterity isn't what it used to be. That's got a very tangible, practical application. Or reason. But the dial tone. But ultimately, since, you know, whether or not it makes sense to us, this exists with this dial tone. Someone put that thought into it. So I think it's not too far of a leap that especially back in the early 90s, yeah, they were like, well, it has a dial tone. You know, easy to use, has a dial tone. You don't need to be a computer programmer to know how to make a phone call. Right. With Is this there a dial phone. tone? Dial it up. Phone man says, "Yeah, you've got a call." Phone man, yeah, it's it's just like, yeah, like you know. Phone man says, "I can't figure out how it's to for dial you, dude. my car, my phone car, phone, <laughs> my phone." Phone car. man, help me! Phone, phone man's man. phone has dial tone. Yeah. Works just like your phone at home. Ring. Wait for the dial tone, and then somewhere a phone is ringing. Oh, my God. You know what? Okay, this might be a weird, like, my mind just made this up, but a memory just came forward. Sometimes it happens like that, and you don't know if you've made it up or not. I think there was a dial tone, because I think you could do this thing on this old school cell phone. I'm remembering this from my youth now, where you could, like, hit send, 
yeah. on the phone. And you'd hear a dial tone, and then you could dial and call the number. Or you could just dial the number and then hit send, and it connects you right through. That sounds familiar. And, the you know, the savvy phone user will dial the number and then hit send. Yes. Why is that? Because you use less minutes. Because right. When you're connected and dialing, then you're somehow like using that extra 10 seconds. Because back then it was probably like, you know, they billed you like $5 a minute to make a call. Well, not only that, crazy. you're not only saving the extra seconds, but if you screw up one of the numbers, you don't have to cancel it out and start from scratch. If I right. go, you know, whatever, 287-796, no, it's supposed to be 795. I don't have to hang up and try again. I get to dial it in, and then there's a little backspace button. Oh, I messed up one number. Go back. That was a revolution when those sorts of keypads came out, too. Especially rotary phones. Man, if you screwed up towards the end... Oh, my God. You're back to the beginning. So, it's the equivalent of the... It's a more... That's more skeuomorphism. It's the equivalent of that. You hit send first. Now you're on the hook. Pressure's on. Don't you fuck this up. You know, you're saying to yourself, Dean... Deet, doot, deet, and you know with that type of pressure you're just more likely to screw up twice as likely at least and then you gotta hang yeah. up so yeah you dial it in deet, doot, deet, doot, deet, doot. oh missed one doot, 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 doot. yep that looks good hit send this existed I am totally in agreement with you that is what it was yeah That's, but yeah it's an intentional feature it's something that was built. It's not a, like a like an accidental right. byproduct or anything like no. that. But all this being said, we're talking about a dial tone when you dial. Was there a dial tone when someone hung up? <sighs> There's not even on a landline phone a dial tone when someone hangs up, is there? It's not like like I'm oh I'm talking to you Adam, hang up, and all of a sudden your phone goes me. Again, it's movie shorthand. Yeah, movie shorthand, but what about on a rotary phone. Is there a dial tone there? There's a dial tone when you have to dial a rotary phone, yes. No, if if you if someone hangs up on the other end. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it would matter what type of phone you had, because that sound came from the line. I mean, it could be maybe in the age when rotary phones were king, it worked differently. But I don't think it would matter... Are you saying what type that of phone you have? never in the history of telephones, when you disconnect, is there a dial tone? I'm not saying that because I don't know the entire history. I'm just saying... You may be right, though. You're, 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 you know, I'm just saying the type of phone wouldn't make a difference. It's not like it's 1985, I hung up on you, you hear a dial tone you have a rotary phone now you switch out the rotary phone to a touchtone phone i hang up on you you hear so i, I think you'd, the same thing would happen the phone line you know there's nothing uh there to, to you know the, the, the type of phone you have doesn't wouldn't make a difference so the question is has there ever been a dial tone when someone hung up does the other person hear a dial tone i mean i think a dial tone eventually comes on if a tree well rings in the forest and no one's around to hear it. What I'm used to hearing is, again, someone hangs up, you stay on the line. It's just silence. It's just dead. And if you wait long enough, like you leave the phone off the it hook. Please hang up and try your call again. Yeah, it'll eventually do that. 
but that's not a dial tone. That's like nope. a like a warning blast, like it's pissed. So it's just movie shorthand. I mean, I have a little thing about the dial tone actually in the audio notes here, and it's obviously um, foleyed in there, of course, because you're. Even if there was a dial tone on that phone, we wouldn't hear it from any mics that are in this scene. Which there may not be any, they may just be looping it. But, if you listen for when the dial tone stops, there's a mismatch. He doesn't, the dude doesn't do anything, the dial tone just stops out of the blue. So now, not only are we led to believe that there were dial tones after somebody hung up, but that a dial tone had a lifespan of like 10 seconds and then would stop. Because he doesn't hang the phone up. Until, right. not even in this minute. And yet the dial tone stops at well, he 33.52. He could have hit. Hit like the end button with his finger while, because he kind of, it, when the dial tone stops, the phone is out of view. It's but down below the frame line. He's not thinking about that. You know, he's too worked up. He's pissed. Not thinking about yeah. hanging the phone up. It goes on well, for ten seconds. I don't seconds know that he already. could do it so smooth. You yeah. Know, I wonder if I look at he's him doing it answer the phone. Without I want to check this out. It. Come on, never gonna happen. Yeah, because I would just watch him answer the phone. Because because what I was looking for is does he seem like someone that's like has a lot of experience with these phones, or did he have to like pick it up and like look at the handset and be like, what the fuck do I, let me, you know what I mean? He picked it up and looked at the handset. He picked it up, I mean, it wasn't too much of a fumble, but he kind of had to hold it in one hand, you know, his Sloan, his other hand had the single finger that kind of like, had to aim it like, boop, hit the button. Right, where if it was somebody who had a lot of experience, they'd probably one-hand it, the thumb would be on the power button, all right, there it is, drink. Yeah. But so even, I think, yeah, it's less likely that he just like, yeah, used his thumb. Right, down there, swinging it around. And it like it occurs to him, oh, here I'll hang up with my finger. I mean, I just... the other option is maybe again on this cell phone, you're talking to someone, the other party hangs up, it wants to communicate that to you somehow. Maybe it generates an artificial dial tone for some ten seconds to just let you know, like this is this call has been hung up on, and then after ten seconds, the phone just goes back to a you know standby it's, it's dormant possible. state. It's possible. Versus, like, now, like, you know, if we're talking on a cell phone, you hang up, it just, the phone just, you know, like my iPhone, like, you hang up, it's just done. It's just like, okay, that phone call's just gone, it's just an iPhone again. Just a, you know, a dark piece of glass that's no longer turned on. I, I have an, an opposing theory. Well, you know what, it's not even an opposing theory, it's an underlying theory. Do you want to hear my underlying theory? Let's. The underlying theory is... So, the phone is a Thurston equivalent. It was there for a reason. What was its purpose? To communicate some information. Information that the dude and Walter are sort of fucking up this exchange between the kidnappers. Once the phone has served its purpose in this scene, it needs to go away. But the dude doesn't hang it up. They wanted to, the filmmakers wanted to indicate that, you know, movie shorthand, phone calls over for a little while. Damn it, they hung up. We can sense that. We know that sound. But they didn't want it there through the whole scene because it would be distracting, eventually, to the dialogue. So they just stopped it. Just like yeah. Thurston not getting in the car. Well, 
No more, what Thurston? 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 It was Thurston! A new... <laughs> it was a new no, convenience, exactly. and they just, they just disappeared it. They're a bunch of sound mafioso. Yeah, no, I think you're 100% exactly right. And we could sit here all day long and debate, like, Whatever it could, whatever other reason they could have some safeguard built in so you don't use up minutes. Maybe you're, even though somebody hung up, you're still connected, but it automatically senses that shit. We could just go all day long, but really, they just didn't want the phone around anymore. It's like that's eh, annoying. We've heard enough. We got the idea. Move on. We don't need to see him hang it up. Why? Another one of those things. Doesn't matter. We should be writing these down, like. An encyclopedia of things that don't matter. Thurston equivalents. We could, we could coin that whole new phrase now. Like, <laughs> jump the shark, right? That was, was a phrase from a certain thing. This is now the Thurston equivalents. Now, when you say equivalents, is that equivalent, plural, or equivalents? E-N-C-E. I was saying E-N-C-E. Not that I know why. It just kind of morphed into that. Thurston, so I kind of like Thurston. Well, no, Thurston equivalent. The Thurston, yeah, Thurston equivalent. That's a Thurston equivalent, dude. Yeah, just start saying it. I'm gonna say it. Can't stop me. Yeah, it's in there now. Thurston yep. equivalent. It's in the lexicon. It has entered. Speaking of lexicon, I don't even know why this was in there. I stumbled across it. When was the last time you revisited the Jason Alexander McDLT? <laughs> I haven't <laughs> revisited that in a while. You know, I just noticed that. I just looked at that. Yeah, like I, like five seconds ago while you were talking. I was like, what What the fuck is this in the Google Doc? <laughs> yeah. Jason Alexander. Do you know? Oh, I remembered why I stumbled across that. Because we were talking about not centering, centering yourself filmically with Jacob's Ladder. And I remembered that Jason Alexander was in Jacob's Ladder. That is true. And then uh, somehow I looked at that. Yes. Keep the hot side hot. <laughs> He's dancing all over. I can't I take know, it. I know, with his, like, uh, his, like, uh, board jacket with the sleeves rolled up and his skinny tie. He's so informal. And he's singing. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Keep the cool, cool, <laughs> hot, hot, cool, cool. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But that, what, what year was that, you know? I don't even know. That's a good, that was a long, I mean, that was like. It's got to be mid-80s, right? Oh, it's definitely mid-80s. I'm going to say it might be even a little earlier than that. I remember the McDLT coming out. Oh, 85. It's 1985. Okay. Thank goodness it wasn't like 93 or something. When the, the McDLT came out, so yeah, so that was like 85. And again, to my... At the time, if that was 85, I would be 10. That's not so bad. And I feel like, I mean, reality was probably 9, but yeah, 9 or 10. But it was like, I remember at the time, I don't know, this is going to sound really weird, but it was like, McDonald's has a new sandwich. <laughs> like, McDonald's menu was static to me. No, you know I know what you, I mean? Yes, I do. You didn't. Oh, they have a it. new. Again, this could just be, again, you know, being a child of the 80s and, you know, commercialization, commercial television brainwashing me. It was like, 
This is a big fucking deal. Well, yes, it was. This McDLT, it's the dawn of a new era. <laughs> and, Don't you understand? This is important, Mom. We gotta go. Yes. <laughs> like, that's what it felt like. Yes. Plus, it was such a huge deal. Like, that was an innovation, too. Let's not... Let, let's not just gloss over that fact. As silly as it seems now... With him dancing around in a sport jacket, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. To have the the stuff not get wilty and weird. But yeah. I remember when, and I, I'm probably making this up, but so my thing was at McDonald's, like if I went there, I mean, just for regular times, not breakfast, because there's a whole different set of rules for breakfast. Yeah. That's like, it's just a, you gotta be a different person going in there for breakfast. My thing was McNuggets. Yes. I mean, I'm going to McDonald's, I'm getting McNuggets. I mean, yep. I'm not messing well, I, around with any of this other crap. I'm getting McNuggets. Yeah, I remember when McNuggets came out also. That was, I just looked up, I was 83. That was it. First so time. again, but, this McDLT, it was like, this is the biggest thing since the McNugget. Right, right. Which again, that was 83, so it was two years earlier. So I was going from seven to nine. Like, that's like a huge span of time. That would be the right? That's like 30 like, years. Yeah, 20, to 30 years for you and I. Yeah. We'd be it was like, like 60, you know? Exactly. So it was like, again, McDLT, not that I even like really liked it, but again, it was just a big deal. That thing exists. Yeah, but chicken nuggets. I remember my first chicken nugget. I remember, again, going to a McDonald's. And they had the McDonald's employee with a little tray, like, standing out outside and, like, the dining area. Ooh, would you like to try the McNugget? Yeah, I was I like... try. I was like, oh, this new McNugget. I tried, you know. Oh. And that was it. That was it. And I remember the first McNugget I ever had. I had it with sweet and sour sauce. Sweet and so you were probably a sweet and sour guy from then on. And from then on to this day, I still enjoy a nugget to this day. I 37 c- years old and I enjoy a nugget. That's how bad they fucking got into my brain. Yes. Yes, me too. I have a weakness for them. The it's one- like chicken McNuggets, all right. I got McDonald's and Subway across the street from work and it's like, I look around, I sneak out and I like scurry across there and I'll get me some nuggets. I'll get a 20-piece and wolf that sucker down like nobody's business. Yep. But I do. Now, I can't claim to remember my first nugget, but it must have been with barbecue sauce because I only eat them with barbecue sauce. Yeah, so that must be it. Every once in a while, I will do the barbecue sauce, and the McDonald's barbecue sauce is really weird. I think, again, someone, again, growing up, I I always had the sweet and sour sauce. I I decided that was my sauce. It takes... Tastes like a home made of billowy clouds to me. You really like the barbecue sauce. But I mean, it's it's interesting, and I like it for a change. But I would never like if you said, "Okay, Brad, blind taste test, taste this and tell me what it is." I would never say, "Oh, that's barbecue sauce." What would you think it was? I don't know what I would say. It is. It doesn't taste like anything else that I know of. And if it's on a nugget, it's 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 okay. I mean. It's good. It's my second choice of sauce. So that's a doubt. your second choice of see sweet and sour is not but my it's second far, choice. But far, far second. Sweet and sour is not even. There's only two sauces that are even in the conversation, as far as I'm concerned. All right. And it's only been a fairly recent development, like in the last twelve to sixteen years, that I've allowed a certain amount of hot mustard to be 
mm. just to have a little say in the conversation, but not a, just a small speaking part, barely a speaking part, almost like a bit play, like an extra, yeah. almost like a background extra. Yeah, I've never had the hot mustard with chicken nuggets, the McDonald's hot mustard. In general, I don't like hot mustard. In fact, I think I've only so. had sweet and sour sauce like n- maybe two times in my life. And each time I do it and I eat it, I'm like, I just wasted that nugget opportunity on sweet and sour sauce. And I got all this barbecue sauce sitting right here. Yeah. I feel ripped, like I just ripped myself off. I actually yeah. get pissed at myself. No, I'm a sweet and sour dude. And I remember, again, food is very important to me, especially as a, you know, I'm just a food addict. I definitely have a food problem. Well, you are eight foot two. Yeah. And I remember not only my first nugget, but I also remember my first McDonald's breakfast food. Okay. See, different conversation now. All right. I remember, again, a similar thing. Like, we go to the McDonald's. And it was probably for dinner. It was like dinner time. But again, they had just probably st- imagined breakfast. Maybe I just didn't know, right? But I, I was thinking breakfast. In my mind, breakfast was a brand new thing at McDonald's. Like, I didn't know they did McDonald's breakfast probably until I went in there. And again, same thing. Like, oh, would you want to try a sample? You know, we do breakfast now. Taste this. So wait, I don't even remember. Did, is that something that they did, in fact, like introduce? Like, I'm gonna, well, at some point they did because. I mean, when we would remember it. Or was it before we were cognizant? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, in my mind, it was after we were cognizant. Because, the, but again, because I felt, and again, this is just my perception as a child, like, oh, because why do they have the lady with the sample tray? You know what I mean? Or maybe they were just new breakfast sandwiches. Hmm. Maybe. Um, Well, that had to be exceptionally mind-blowing. Like, that's three major events in the space of, like, you know, four years, which would be, like, 40 years in our lifetimes. But that's, like, here's, here's, you know, World War II, here's Woodstock, and here's, like, the Berlin Wall coming down, but crammed into, like, four years. Because that's, those are... You're right. Those so, were milestones when they used to, to mess Wikipedia, with things like McDonald's that. McDonald's introduced breakfast food in 1972. So it was before we were born. So way before. We were just... But, I mean, it doesn't go... I wonder if it was like... Maybe just, it started in 72, like in select locations. Right, you know, select locations. Cause and I, it sounded like it started with just, you know, they had McMuffins. Seems like I remember there a, a time when it, like, the pendulum swung and it was like... the breakfast gates like the floodgates of breakfast were opened yeah well now they have so much stuff oh they do i'm a sucker for their uh sausage i just love their sausage it's the best sausage i can eat yeah i mean even in 72 right like mcdonald's their menu was very simple it was probably like you know we get burgers fries milkshakes sodas right that's it probably it Stop right there. Probably. 72. Like, what do you have? Well, you get an egg McMuffin, which Whoa. was fried egg, Canadian bacon, American cheese on a toasting with muffin. It's a little fancy. Maybe you had a choice between that or sausage or something, right? What I remember the first breakfast I had and the sample, again, it's probably new items with the sample, it was the bacon and egg cheese biscuit. Huh. And it, like the nugget, blew my flipping little mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
It will. Those biscuits are so fluffy. They're good biscuits. I don't care what anybody says. I like my foods, but that's good stuff. Hawaii and Guam McDonald's offer local breakfast items, such as Spam, Portuguese sausage, and fresh-cut pineapple. Well, they do. The menu is slightly different if you travel around the country at a McDonald's. It is kind of weird. Well, if you go down south, they have grits for breakfast. They got grits in there. And isn't the, uh, you know, they have the southern fried chicken sandwich now. They got a breakfast version and a lunch version. Didn't that right. start, like, down in, I don't know, Georgia yeah. or somewhere? Well, that's, in my mind, that's their, um, you know, that's their uh, Sausage. response to Chick-fil-A. Oh, Chick-fil-A. Well, Chick-fil-A has the southern style, you know, well, oh, their yeah. sandwiches are all southern style. Right. Which, in my mind, means pretty much, like... Deep fried. Well, yeah, well, all McDonald's, I mean, McDonald's other sandwich was deep fried, but I think it was a, um, the, the, the southern style is, that is, like, butter. So it's like your fried chicken chunk on buttered bread versus like what you get, you know, as a normal like chicken sandwich McDonald's, which would probably have mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato on it. Well, doesn't Chick-fil-A deep fry everything in peanut oil? Isn't that their thing? Peanut oil? I'm not sure. I know they have some sort of oil. I think that's their deal is peanut oil. They just set a record in near my home by uh, dressing up the most people ever dressed up in cow suits in one place. That happened today. It's big news. Real big news. You're you're dating yourself now. I know. I'm trying to keep it. Everyone's going to know about this news. Damn it. Such old stuff. I seem stupid now. So what... The residents of the state of Hawaii consume the most spam per capita in the United States. That's a thing that I knew, somehow. Hawaiian Burger King restaurants began began serving spam in 2007 to compete with the local McDonald's chains. In Hawaii, spam is so popular it is sometimes referred to as the Hawaiian steak. What? One popular spam dish in Hawaii is spam musubi, where cooked spam is combined with rice and nori seaweed... And classified as onigiri. <laughs> the perception of spam in Hawaii is very different from that on the mainland. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> There's a picture of it here. It's this spam sushi, in essence. Did you know that our esteemed uh, colleague, Simon, has a dog named Spam? I didn't. It's his dog's name, Spam. I should wait until he's back on to, you know, stand up for himself. But yeah, I believe he's a lover of Spam. He loves Spam so much he named his dog Spam. Like, you wouldn't na- do that as a joke. I feel like naming, if I name my dog McNugget. I might name my dog. Okay, I get you. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's what I mean. Like, it's definitely a term of endearment, not like. Yeah, yeah. Like joking about it. You have to like. Like the spam. You know, I had spam not too long ago. Maybe a month ago. I hadn't had it since I was like... Maybe I'd had it once or twice in my life. Maybe when I was like 8 or 10. It was okay. I gotta tell you, it was okay. I'm definitely in spam. Not a whole lot, but not a whole little either. Hmm. I think growing up... 
Again, like yeah, it was like a breakfast thing. Like my mom would put the spam on the frying pan. Yeah, fry up some eggs spam. and stuff. That yeah. actually sounds really good. I could do that. It actually right now. does sound. With all this talk about spam is really making me crave spam. I could go for some. It's salty. It's got a decent texture to it. Yeah. Got a little. I don't know. It's nice. It's not quite corned beef. It's somewhere between corned beef hash, scrapple, and I don't even know what chopped up bacon or something. Yeah, I'm going to go get some, I think. You continue on. So there's Peregr well, peregrine falcons in this minute? Are there now? I think. I th but it's hard to tell. Be they get mixed all up in with the crickets. Crickets and pereg peregrine falcons. It's... Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to hear it because we had this audio thing where I was hearing things and you weren't hearing them. Because I put on my, I got fancy headphones and I put them on and they cancel out all the noise and I press them to my ears and I turn it all the way up. But it's at 33, 25 through 31, they happen. You know what they sound like? It's that screeching of like a hawk or a falcon. You know, they're wheeling high in the sky, you know. You know that screech they do? So you said 33... Well, I think it happens 20, twice. 25? 33, 25, and 33, 31, around in those all two right. times. But it's buried in the wheel noise and the car noise and all these crickets, which are they're trying to pass off as car noise, but we'll all get right. to that in a second. All right, I'm going to listen. Okay. Shit! Yeah, you know... Uh Shit! I have no idea. It's so far back. I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll grab that out of there and try to isolate it. And I'll, uh, we'll come back to it because, right. but how about, how about the background of the car noise? You have the little ee -oo, ee -oo, ee -oo, of like just the frame of the car, like squeaking around and then the rumble of the engine. But it sounds like crickets and it's in that same span of time. Us? I, I don't know, man. There's a high pitch, like sounds like crickets. I don't hear much squeaking. I do hear like a uneven mechanical sound. Yeah, like There's like that. like like their engine is like it's sort of a rumbler. You know, it's a rattle yeah, trap. Yeah, we'll have to get ourselves in a room where we can really like crank some speakers up and we can check this out yeah well i mean like i just had my headphones in and i had it so loud that it was hurting my ears we'll go in like a we'll rent out a sound but, stage and listen to right, this sounds good but here here's an audio note you know i'd love to do that we could do like a lebowski listening party where we yeah could isolate some of these things get a room yeah man like complete sit in the darkness yeah, there's no picture on you just we listen can to guide it. people through the sounds <laughs> right that'd be awesome well be awesome let's experience. start planning that we'll put out invites on the facebook page yes slash gutter cast but here, First 500 people that respond. <laughs> we'll see in 2032. Here's one, though. Here. This is an actual curiosity. So, 3350, you should be able to hear this one. So, let me describe it before you listen for it. Okay. 3350, 
Um, the kidnappers hang up. The dude says, shit. And Walter says, what the fuck is going on? I think the dude says they hung up. And then Walter says, what the fuck is going on? He says it twice in a row. But when they cut from the first, what the fuck is going on? You can hear him in the background as the dude starts his line. It's like they had cut off most of the first part of the line. And you just hear the tail end of a line that's not in here now. And it sounds like he says, with her. What the fuck is going on with her? What the fuck is going on? So it's right between there. And it's right when they cut to the dude, you'll hear Walter with her. What the fuck's going on there? Walter! What the fuck is going he on? Hung up, man! What the fuck's going on there? What's going on there? What's going on there? What the fuck's going on there? Oh my goodness, that one I could hear. Isn't that weird? What is that? It's like they had to use the dude's line, but Walter was talking over him in that take. Or something like that. That is weird. It's it's not really percept. It's barely perceptible. But if you look for it, it you can perceive it. Oh, and once you still. perceive it, you don't unperceive it. That's for sure. Yeah. But it's yeah. It's like you know because they're piecing this scene together from different takes, and like they shoot the dude, and Walter's over there reacting to him, and they want to use the dude's line, but he's talking over him a little bit. But they just kind of like. Right after the dude says is they tr kind of fade that out as much as they can, but since they're overlapping, you can still hear it. With her. But I was trying to figure out what he's saying because I, I can't match that to anything that's actually in the movie that he says. I couldn't figure out what that would be pre-existing like in the movie. It's maybe a line that got cut, which is why it's got all funky. I'm going to listen to it. There. It's weird. Yeah, but there's definitely something there. We'll have to shamelessly tweet at uh, somebody. A sound designer, maybe. Another, I guess I'll, sure. Why is, what? So Walter's really into this whole deal. Because it's like he's getting a thrill out of it. Talked a little bit about this, but um, who who does he think he's going to, quote-unquote, beat it out of? He doesn't say that in this minute, but he's, like, ready to go. And, like, he knows people are calling on the phone. He knows there's actual people, and yet he's so convinced that it's all a joke. Well, where does he think they're going, and what are they going to do when they get there if it's all a joke? I guess the the root of the matter is yeah. that he knows exactly what's going on. Like, he's right about everything. But how could he be so clairvoyant? He's just tuned into it. Like, as you're watching it the first time, you think he's completely ridiculous. But he is right again. They're throwing a ringer for the ringer. He's right. Yeah. Well, and ultimately, again, I... In these situations, I identify with the dude, and the fact that Walter is right just frustrates me even right. more. <laughs> it's, they play a little trick on you there. They get you to think he's being a buffoon the whole movie, but he's right. Really, Walter is 
the 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 dude the Zen master. We talked about this before. He's the Zen. I mean, granted, he waves a fucking gun around. Yeah, and rolls out of the car and Azuzi blasts off and throws a disabled sabled man out of his wheelchair. But all that aside, he's more Zen than the dude. Yeah, he is. Because the dude is not abiding too well in this minute. He's getting no pissed. And also, the kidnappers on the other end of the line, we don't, we're like thinking they're big time and like this is serious stuff. But they're just as bumbling and probably scared and weirded out as the dude and Walter. Like they probably have similar madness going on on their end. What? They said they would throw it over the bridge, you know, Flea says. She cut off her toe, it's not fair. And then they're like bumbling around, getting their motorcycles right. ramming into each other, falling over. That's probably what's happening on yeah. the other end of this business. Right. And he hangs up, but then he calls back and he's like, all right, right. we'll do it. <laughs> right. As long as there's no funny stuff. No, man. Tell us where you want us to go. I have, uh, I guess, a small bit. If Unless you have something else. I don't know if you have any dreams movies we've seen. I saw some Breaking Bad, but I'm not going to talk about it. So Yeah, I ha- I mean, I can't really get into it at this stage. Oh, I got I saw The Avengers. Ooh. I I thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. I I liked that movie. I, had, I liked that movie. I cannot lie. I had no idea that Thor was an Avenger. I don't know a lot, you see. Well, they made that movie with him. You knew that much. I didn't know that he was in the... Well, I knew there was a Thor movie. Yes. Yeah, so they're not going to be going to be making a movie for someone and not putting him in the Avengers. So wait, is but isn't the Avengers historically a set team of people or not? The Avengers... I mean, their roster changes over time. Oh, I, mean, I didn't core, realize that. Okay. The core members are... Like Captain America, right? The, yeah, the four, the four Avengers in that movie. The Hulk. Iron Hulk. Man? Is he Iron, a yeah. classic Iron Man. guy? Yeah, they're all the classic. Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. Those are the four. Ah, see, I didn't know that. I mean, you could probably throw Ant-Man in there also, but... Ant-Man? He doesn't get a cinematic treatment, although I guess they're doing that now. He has giant spiracles with, you know, like two-inch thick membranes that air can't pass through. He's Ant-Man is like, lift ten times his weight. He can, in essence... The Hulk um, can lift like a million times his weight. What the hell's Ant-Man do? He can shrink himself down to the size of an ant. That is the worst superpower I've ever... So you can get stepped How, on. However... Come on, when you're making he punches, shit up, man. he still punches with the strength of a normal man. So as long as he can shrink everyone else down to his size, he's cool. Well, no, he could do something like, you know, run along the table through the air and then hit you with a flying kick and send you flying and everyone saw it coming. He's so small. And he's also like a genius scientist. That's how he became Ant-Man. So he's like, you know, the brains of the operation. That's bad. In a lot of ways. I mean, that. Somebody took the day off and sent that one in. Yeah. Oh, shit, I have to have a new superhero out today. Right. Just make well, yeah, there's Ant-Man, so Dad, many look, crazy. Ant-Man. Look, there's yeah. an ant on the floor, you know, and it's this four-year-old. You also can talk to ants. Get them to, like, swarm and Yeah, eat, exactly, all that kind of eat stuff. Eat the yeah. supervillain's home. Yeah. Ah, yes. fucking termites. He's often seen, like, you know, riding a winged ant. 
as a steed. Like a ti- like tiny through the air, like a yeah. quarter of an inch long. But eventually he can he he's also in, in addition to being Ant Man, he's also Giant Man. Giant Man. And he can actually turn himself gigantic like skyscraper size as well. So he can go both ways. You know, once in a eventually. while. Once in a while. Just every it's this rare every now and then. I feel like remiss or I wouldn't say ashamed, but like a little mm, down inside because I was never a comic book person. I just yeah. didn't know anything about them. People are reading comic books. I, I think I've owned two comic books. One was a wedding present. And yeah, I just never read them, never did anything. But then most of the time... I don't feel that way, and then sometimes I feel like I feel right now relieved that I never read. Yeah. Well, comic that's books. how the chick that, excuse me, woman that never watched Star Wars feels. Well, there's no Ant Man in the Star Wars universe until you oh, get to the prequels. Oh, wait a minute now! Until Come you on. get to the prequels, no, there's no Ant Man. Come on, the Moss Eisley Cantina is an Ant Man. The thing in the know, garbage smashers, a- an Ant-Man. What's an Ant-Man? Chewbacca? What? You tell me an Ant-Man. I'm not talking um, Jar Jar. The gay butler droid? The... Okay, but no, these are all, like, background players, man. C-3PO? An Ant-Man? He has no... Pa- he's not powerful. He's always getting the shit beat out of him, you know? No, he's pretty powerful. <laughs> he can talk to anybody and pretend to be a god. But... But yeah. No, come on. This this is a man that shrinks down to the size of an ant and looks like an ant and then goes running across tables and kicks people with the power of a regular man. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you said that. Man. Right. Yes. There's... It's almost as good as being as fast as ten men. <laughs> right. Running in a straight line. Uh. <laughs> Ow, somebody just kicked me. What happened? Oh, it's that. Ant, step on it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in 2015, there will be an Ant-Man movie. I don't think so. He is actually, even though he's not like a household name, he is pretty like core to the whole Marvel Universe, I have to say, for better or for worse. More reassurance that I've made the right choices sometimes in my life. Yeah. Uh, well, his girlfriend is Janet Van Dyne, who becomes the Wasp. Similar powers. Yeah, well, at least the Wasp Slightly can different. sting, you know, and fly. He does, the Wasp doesn't have to mount a winged steed to get around. I mean, as stupid as Wasp Girl is, that's still better than Ant-Man. Ant-Man! You have got to be... <sighs> yeah, it, well, that's why they didn't... Yeah, he hasn't made the, uh... And people who read comic books know about Ant-Man? Oh, without a doubt. Jeez. He's... Yeah. Well, chalk up the uh, comic book readers to people who hate me now. Whatever. Don't hate me. You're allowed to enjoy your graphic novels. See, I know that they're sometimes called graphic novels. I don't know when is the right time, though. I may have just made a terrible faux pas. But going back to the Avengers. I liked it. Which was sans Ant-Man. Sans Ant-Man, thank goodness. 
I, I liked it a lot. It was exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a great mix of <clears throat> action, but with the humor. It was just entertaining. Like, it didn't set out to be like, you know, like a Dark Knight kind no. of situation. Right. Like, oh, this is a serious filmic meditation on, like, the nature of a superhero. No, this was just fun. It's a romp. It was a romp, and it worked. It worked out really well. I thought, I thought it, so. Yeah, it accomplished that really, really well. And I had no idea Thor and Thor's brother were in it, and I was so pleasantly surprised when I realized that was going to be a main component. Yep. I, I was like, "Oh, fantastic!" Because I had just yep. recently seen Thor, and yeah, well how, pleased. Yeah, how did I mean? You know, again, they made it all work. Like, okay, we have. You know, the the billionaire playboy industrialist with his fancy, you know, Iron Man suit and then a a Norse god. Right. And the soldier from World War Two, like, yeah, these guys are all just gonna like work together. Like what? And a man that Like how could that fucking work? Turns into a mindless, angry freak. Yeah. But yeah. They, it all worked. It all worked very well, I thought. They, they made it all work, yeah. So go for it. And go go, go Marvel Cinematic Universe. I make no secret about my general feelings about John Whipple, which is what I call him. I'm just yeah. going to call him John Whipple. Sure. JW. But, J right. JW. But this one, now had I known it was John Whipple who directed this when I started watching it, it may have clouded my perception and probably not in a good way. But I got to the end and I saw John Whipple's name and I was like, well, what do you know about that? And I liked it. Yeah. But I see what and you it mean. it was very John Whipley, I think. It was very Whipley. It was extremely Whipley. Well, not extremely. It was very Whipley. Especially the, so a bunch of the Iron Man's little one-offs. Yeah. I thought were particularly Whipley. Some of the Hulk stuff was Whipley. Well, okay. Avenger, you know. Even, what's her name? Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson. Was awesome in this movie. Yeah, I thought she was good. Like, not, I don't mean the actress and her performance, although that was good. I just mean the way they incorporated her into the story. Like, like again, everyone in there, I thought, had a great role in the movie. Yeah, me too. And something really meaningful and, and a little, like, you know, again, like a, a little bit of meat to it. This movie, I texted you this. This movie fascinated me partly because, like, you know, you're brought up and you think the McDonald's menu is, you know, this titan of stability, like the most iconic thing you can think of. And then they change it all up with the McNugget or the McDLT. And it's like, whoa, everything I thought was fact and truth has been shaken now. And it's this like hierarchies of power. And the Avengers has this where, you know, you just think... I don't even know where to put them. You think Thor is the most powerful. He's a god for Pete's sake. Right? But no, but Iron Man can like go faster. He's got weapons and things to blow up and he's got an iron suit can't be harmed. He's got to be the most. But then Captain America, he's like this resourceful like all-American whatever. I don't even know what his deal is, but you know, he's Captain America. He's America. He can't fit. He's got to be the best. But then really it's like Hulk was the one to be most scared of somehow. 
And it's like this um, leapfrogging of power, never knowing like who is the most powerful. And I don't know if they had an answer for that, but it's something I was curious about. Well, they are Earth's mightiest heroes. And it reminded people so hate this. People mighty. get on my case about it all the time, but it reminds me of Atlas Shrugged. And the reason I actually enjoyed that novel, even though it took me about two and a half years to read it. And that's probably why I didn't read for a long time. Hmm. Anyway, it's because it had this hierarchy of power going on. I never knew who was like the most like rebellious iconoclast out there. I don't know. The same thing I enjoyed about the Avengers, I enjoyed about Atlas Shrugged. For whatever that means. That is a pretty fascinating statement. I know. I, I'm aware of... Um, I'm aware of its ridiculousness now that I say it out loud, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. Did I talk... I think I'm going to talk about this last week. Did I talk about Man of Steel? No. I don't remember. I don't... I do not remember also. I haven't I seen it. I saw that. Maybe I didn't see that? Did I not see that last time we recorded? It's possible. I don't see it in the uh, the notes. So, But I don't remember if we talked about it. Yeah, Man of Steel. Well, I think Man of Steel and Avengers are two interesting movies to like compare and contrast. I think Man of Steel... Zack Snyder. Yes. 300. You're not a fan no, in not general. A fan. I, I would say Man of Steel, like Avengers is how you do it, and Man of Steel is how you do not do it. Uh-oh. Hmm. I'll put that out there. All right. Well, you've clouded my perception. So I'm going to go into it now with that. There can't be a fair comparison. Yeah. I'm not I mean, they're, two, they're trying to do two different things, but ultimately I guess that's what my, my problem. Like... You know, like, Man of Steel is just, it's just too much. Too like, much. Like, so much destruction and violence. It's like, what is my, why? is this like Superman? Or is, what the fuck is going on? Like, huh. you know, and someone, I watched a review that, that, you know, that summed it up pretty well. Well, maybe I won't go in there. It's not too spoilery. Yeah, well, just to say that there's tons of, you know, again, like there's tons of violence in the film, right? And ultimately, again, this is like, you know, a Superman origin story. Superman comes out to the world in this movie. But, and even though Superman saves the planet, of course, because he's Superman. Sure. Like the headline in the paper next day isn't like, Superman, our savior, we love him. Superman saves the day. It's not going to say Superman saves the day. Well, it's going to say, this, the headline in the paper is going to say, you know, 100 million dead or something <laughs> in, in cataclysmic battle. Like, it's just like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the Avengers, they fought off these, you know, aliens. Superman has to fight off these aliens in this movie. But, like, in the, in the process of doing it, more or less, like... You know, granted, it's Metropolis, but more or less just imagine if all of Manhattan was completely leveled. <laughs> right. <laughs> Way to I mean? go. Good job. Yeah. It's like September 11th times a thousand. We'll gladly, you know, just submit ourselves to slavery rather than be completely <laughs> annihilated. Please. Yeah. Please, Superman. Please don't kill us. 
Please, yeah, and Superman, I thought it don't was hurt. heavy because I think there were like shots of buildings falling over and stuff, and it did like it for me invoke nine eleven a little bit. And it's like you know that's not cool. It's like an MC Hammer album, but anyway, it's not cool, man. But I haven't seen it. You're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. So good. Well, maybe you'll like it more now that I set your expectations low. I think that was part of your uh, tactic there. Could have been. To be honest, when I left the theater, I was like, well, that was okay. It's only like, after... I couldn't really figure out why. Like, I, like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. It was a little thin. I guess it was okay. It wasn't really till later. You know, like, I did think about it a lot for a couple of days. It was, like, lodged in my mind. Like, what was really with that? You know? And I started to realize, like, yeah, it just didn't really... Like, it just was not a good Superman movie. Right. He needs like, to Superman... be saving everybody. Yeah, exactly. Nobody dies on his watch. Yeah. I used to look for that in the A-Team because nobody ever got killed in the A-Team. Right. Which I was surprised. I may not... I was pretty young when it started, I guess, and I may not have known that or noticed that. And then somebody told me, it's like, yeah, nobody ever dies. Like, what are you talking about? They're shooting everything up all over the place. And then as I watched, I was like, holy crap. They were right. Yeah. Nobody dies. Well, my dad would always comment on that to me. And I think he was trying, like, he was worried that I'd be, like, desensitized to the violence or, like, you know, or maybe, like... You can go and shoot all over. Nobody ever dies. of that, yeah. Right. Like, you know, not being sensitive to violence. Like, you know Guns what I mean? like, aren't yeah. dangerous. Nobody ever gets hit. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Like, because he, he, he would always be commenting, like, you know, if this was real, like, everyone would be dead and there'd be rivers of blood, <laughs> like, right. rolling down the street. But there was the one episode where they went back to Vietnam. And remember, Murdoch gets shot. He actually gets hit. And he's like bleeding in the helicopter. And I swear to you that people get shot and killed in that episode. I seem to remember being very taken aback by it. Like, oh my goodness, they just shot people. Like they got hit by bullets and fell down. It's very shocking. Even though by that point I'd seen my share of like Bond movies or whatever, like that was no big deal. It was just the fact that the A team was doing it. I can only imagine what it's like if Superman's responsible for a hundred million deaths. Yeah. I mean, it's not that, yeah, he's responsible. He's probably only responsible for maybe 10 of those million. But there was a course of action he could have taken where those people didn't die. They just maybe I mean, died in a different way or something. he could have maybe worked a little harder, right? He's right. Superman. <laughs> like, yeah. Capable of impossible like, feats. Right. And it's, yeah, and it's not really, again, hey, the headline isn't like Superman saves us. It's like <laughs> Superman brings horrible battle from alien planet, you know. It's not going to say Superman. It's just going to be like, yeah, alien battle fought. You know, tens of millions dead. Right. Like, it's not like a feel. It's not Superman. It doesn't. That that yeah. sort of headline, which is realistic, has no place in the Superman universe. That sort of reality has no place in the Superman universe. Well, I mean, Superman, again, you know, he takes such great pain. Like, if you go back to the Christopher Reeve movies, right? He takes such pains to spare casualties. He does. You know, like in Superman 4, which is such a ridiculous movie. Oh, man. But isn't that the one where he, yeah, he's, he's fighting the nuclear man. Yeah, yeah he harnesses them he, all and throws them out into space. 
Yeah, and the, but then Lex Luthor makes Nuclear Man for Superman to fight, and then when they're fighting on Earth, doesn't he eventually like take Nuclear Man to the moon? So there won't be any collateral damage? Yeah, maybe. As they're knocking each other into buildings and stuff? Yeah, that could be. Um, I don't... Boy, that's been a long time since I saw movie, that one. I recently noticed what? that movie. Wasn't that Dolph Lundgren as... It was, it was just Dolph Lundgren-ish. Dolph, he was Lundgren-ish. Yeah, well that was from... Because the reason Superman 4 is in my head, because I just recently stumbled on YouTube across the honest trailer for Superman 4. Oh my goodness. And it's so great. You have to send me that. I'm going to send you that. It's so good. I need to I, see it. It shows, like, you know, just it's just pretty much, yeah, two minutes to highlight all of the, like, ridiculous cinematic beats in this. <laughs> like, the ridiculous blue screen work. Uh, oh, it's just good. But, like, yeah. That was terrible. Even at such a young age, I knew exactly, exactly how shitty that movie was. Yeah. It's kind of like Jaws 3D. I knew exactly how shitty that movie was when I saw it. As a bet, like Jaws 2, okay, whatever, it's fine. Kind of like Superman 2, nah, that's fine. Superman 3, that is a shitty movie. Superman 4, Superman even worse. Superman 2 is my favorite. Which probably. one? 2? Out of the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah, I think it's good. 2 is better than 1. You think? 1 I have a hard time. I tried to watch it recently even, and I was like, I don't know. There's a problem. I have problems with it. Interesting. Why well, very seen, weird? I don't think very I've weird. seen two for a while. I watched two when I was in. I was in college. That's the last time you've seen two. And that's the last time I watched. But I remember I watched the whole thing through. Like AMC, they had a special. Like they pumped it. They advertised. Oh, we're gonna show Superman two. In widescreen, uncut, Ooh. the cinematic thing. I was like, all right. I, you know, I remember when I watched it. And it was one of these things, again, where it's like, well, I'll just, oh, it's coming on. Yeah, I'll watch this. I think maybe I'll watch the first ten minutes, just see what this is about. And I ended up sitting through the whole thing. Wow. Hmm. Not bad for a movie from 1980. Yeah, I mean, it's dated. and it has weird shit in it. But, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. it's more satisfying, right? <laughs> fighting General Zod is better than fighting Lex Luthor... And his crazy real estate schemes, like... I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like those crazy people, you know, and the guy's trying to do his laser vision and all that. Yeah, I like it. I don't know if it's better, though. Maybe. The first movie has all this weird stuff in it, like... So I recently watched that, I watched maybe only the first half hour of it, but, like... It just looks really weird. Some of the effects are weird. The weird, like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he goes to, like, you know, the Arctic to make his Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. And it's on this, like, horrible... It's not... I don't know what it is. Like, and maybe... I don't know. It's just, like, they're obviously on a sound stage. Well, yeah, it's a set. Like, but not when he's in the fortress. I mean, just when he's supposed to be, like, outdoors. Well, it's, and, yeah, like, it's a painted background. With it's a little painted bit of a... background... And the scene when he's like young Superman and he's like running like faster than the train. It's pretty bad, but... It looks so weird. Like his arms are moving in this weird unnatural manner. The whole thing. And it starts with like a, like a, an actual like kid reading a comic book. I mean, they were trying to do something, right? And really this was like the first comic book movie, I guess. I, right? So they can be spared some... I got a soft spot for it. I like attempts. it. But I... Now that I think about it, maybe you're right. 
Superman 2 is probably better. Definitely better, actually. I feel it's better, like, the same way, like, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. Like, like all right, you'd the first have one... no Empire Strikes Back without Star Wars, so yeah. there's yeah, that. Yeah, I'd say it's but... probably, it's the same thing. You can't have two, but, like, a lot of times, I think the second, if we want to have these long series, long sequence of things, the second one's usually the best. The first one is usually really good, but they perfect it in the second one. Godfather 2, I like better. And then better. the third one just sucks, because they're like, we perfected it, yep. there's nowhere to go but down from here. I would almost say Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and then Dark Knight Rises, but maybe the magnitude of my own folly will be revealed to me in a blinding flash again, but I think I like Batman Begins better than The Dark Knight. Yeah, that's really hard for me to fathom that. Really? Everyone has their own opinion. Man. So, we're kind of starting to run long now. Oh, and I guess we're not talking about the big... Yeah. Here, one here we got a, a follow-up comment from Jane Robotnik, who I guess has been playing catch-up on episodes because she let us know that the Jesus's socks, which I thought there was a name for them, and I was right, there is a name for them. They're called trouser socks. Trouser socks. Trouser All right. socks. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Jane. Trouser socks. So guess we can close the case on that one. Got anything else for me, my friend? Brad? Brad, my friend? Uh, I'll, I'll tease. You gonna tease something? I'm just gonna tease something maybe we'll talk about next week. Maybe we'll never talk about it. Oh, maybe we'll add a teasing section. We can do a little uh, gut tease. I think we've talked enough about, you know, the whole movies we've tickle. seen area. But I did recently see... American Psycho for the first time. Oh, you, you you did that. And it's really hurt. It's blown my mind apart. And I would almost say it's definitely, it might be in my top 10 film list. Wow, it just catapults itself right into there. Except it may have one fatal flaw, which prevents it from doing that. I'll rewatch it, which is going to take, because it disturbed me when I saw it. And I haven't watched it again. And I think I saw it whenever, I don't know. 2003, 2004, something like that. Ten years ago, probably. But I'll watch it again if we're going to talk about it. Sure. I will find a time. So I I'm, would do, I would like, you know, I would love to do maybe like, because I would really want to go into this in depth. Not, like, I don't know that we can even do this in, in the Lebowski deep cast here. Like, it's almost like we would need so to make we, like We need to have a shallow cast for it. A companion thing where it's like, yes. All right, let's just spend, you know, 100 minutes just talking about American Psycho. Or maybe not. Once we get into it, I realize I only really have five minutes. That's what I mean. It, it would be a shallow cast, not a deep cast. I don't know. Yeah, if I don't want a deep there. cast. No, I'm not no. saying that. But I'm saying it might be too much to even put in one of these gutter balls episodes. Right. I got gotcha. you. Well, maybe it'll be an extra frame. Could be. Yeah, we could do 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes on it. Who knows? Something like that. All right. All right. I think we've come to the end of another exciting episode. Another exciting episode. And, uh, we you know. We talked about RJ45. We covered RJ some 11s, important ground, you know. McNugget sauces. The Dolph Lundgrens and Knots of the world. So. Yeah. yeah. Once again, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And you're there to correct me. 
which I appreciate. You can like us on Facebook, too. Slash guttercast. You know, if we really want people to like us, we should probably mention that in the beginning, because no one listens to the end. Well, that's why nobody likes us. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. exactly. That's why we have no likes. That's why, yeah, we are in the doldrums. Maybe next week we'll remember to actually mention it in the beginning. You know, maybe. Maybe we'll put it in as a revisit. Like... Yes, there you go. That's the only way we can do it. Let's revisit that, how we failed again. We could just put that in. We could just pencil it in for each episode, perhaps. Anyway, I look forward to reading my book that I just got today. And we could talk about some things in there, too. Very excited for that. Nice artwork on this. Yeah. All right. All right. Adieu, my friend. Excelsior to you. We'll see you on the... Deck, deck. Next time on Gutterball. Come on, you're being very undue. They'll call back. Look, 